What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Well, Matt, fellow adventurers... We are back with Sir Croakington. The battleground contest with Pumpkin Growing is finished and it's time for Sir Croakington to claim her prize. She managed to get 7th place with the £4,018 pumpkin. I guess Zoran's going to have to do something with all those pumpkins. I don't know, make a lot of squash? Make a really big pie? Ignore them and have them move them and they'll probably come to life and start killing people. So do something, do something. Yeah. And out of the seven characters I had, I had take part in the contest... Sir Crokington is the only one in the top ten. I guess that just shows you that the pumpkin growing contest power doesn't matter. Just as luck and doing all your war swings. Alright, let's check. Congratulations. The final weight of your pumpkin, £4,018 has earned you sole possession of 7th place and a grand prize of 36 adventurer tokens. Blimey, that's a lot. That's way more than I expected. Expected, what, 5? That's, that's a good prize, so... Take part in the next con- pumpkin growing contest, then. And what else? Thank you for participating in the Growing Pumpkin Contest. You've earned an experience reward based on the final weight of your pumpkin. That's double the pumpkin's weight with 8,036 experience to general. Pumpkin weight prize. This contest field featured a special prize for adventurers whose pumpkins attained the weight of at least £3,000. Your monstrous pumpkin tipping the scales at £4,018 has earned you that prize, which you will now receive. It's a pumpkin badge. Let's have a look at it. It's a pendant. It's transmutable. It's got a melee rating of 7 and 9 cinema points. This, this round... Bright orange metal disc, roughly four inches in diameter, has been crudely fashioned into the likeness of a pumpkin. Despite its somewhat unappealing look, 
This badge has been enchanted with powerful magic and is, all things considered, an interesting and useful trinket that could be worn as a pendant. You received this badge for your heroic pumpkin growing during the 13th pumpkin growing contest at the battleground. Whew. 13 of them. That's a lot. So let's just see how it compares to my current pendants. That's scrolling down. Pendants. Currently got the Holly Pendant. Which is 7-7. Seven, seven, but that doesn't take a slot. So that's not going anywhere. And a Pumpkin Shell Brooch. Which is 7-9. Ah. Wait a minute. 7-9. Seven, 7-7 seven, seven versus 7-9. Aha. Ah, oh, this is... Slightly better. Okay, I'll just equip it. And that gives me a couple more SP. It all adds up. And also it means I can transmute... Transmute both of all these things at will. View the final contest leaderboard. Yep, Wood almost got Wood into the top 10 as well with exactly £4,000. Yeah, it's a pity for everyone that we got no doubling up because that means there's only 10 top 10 prizes. If things had been different, there could have been more. But, you know, that's just what happens. Uh, and that, that is that. No, no old skills and powers experience this time. But does that matter when you get a transmutable pendant? Probably not. Anyway, I'm going to go over and see what that those, those things transmute into. Alright, transmuting the pumpkin shell brooch for one melee rating, one stamina points. And then transmute the pumpkin badge. For one melee rating in two stamina points. Although it won't affect my stats because it just moves the stats from the equipment to me. And I have the equipment so it, it ends up the same. Transmute. And done. Yeah. I mean statistically speaking there's never a situation where you lose by transmuting. And most situations, you gain. Anyhow, there we are. Now, since we were in the battlegrounds, let's just see what happens. We'll do the battle. We'll do the event in the battlegrounds encampment that we tried to previously, but we weren't quite strong enough. But now we'll be plenty strong enough. Still of the night, save for the distant glow of a lone fire. The encampment is dark and still. Start the adventure. Embark on this adventure. Nightfall. Moon peers through the jagged wents at the lofty ceiling of clouds, bathing the encampment in a pale, wandering light. Figures cloaked in gloom, 
their gloomy movements barely perceptible blur, slink up to the edge of the camp and melt into the darkness. An unheard whisper and an errant breath of air. Swift, silent footfalls pad across the stony, uneven ground. Tway not naturally conductive to feats of stealth. The stillness of the night remains intact. Seated at a cooking fire on the western edge of the encampment. And so, roars Scarbred, at last choosing to conclude it, obviously, in Brellis' narrative. I didn't describe to you any any of the look of fear that crossed the ogre's face. Pure terror! The beast may have shaken itself to death if I not stepped back, lowered my axe, and allowed it to flee. Well, that's that, I suppose. One less ogre to haunt the golden path would. The amiable grizzled braggart raises his wooden mug to his lips and takes a long, triumphant sip of ale as he peers over the wrestle's whim, eyeing those around the te- round the fire to whom he mercilessly subjected to his lengthy, self-aggrandizing tales. A couple of observation links, one for the axe. Scabbard axe, a heavy, double-bladed weapon, features prominently in many of the amiable braggart's tales. He claims to be able to call to the axe and have it fly to his hand if he's within a few yards of the weapon. For as far as you know, no one has ever witnessed it happen. And the mug? You note with a mix of curiosity and confusion that the mug Scarbard is using bears an elaborate engraving of a dragon's head, matching the description of a vessel that went missing from another adventurer's belongings nearly a week ago. I mean, I guess it could just be... I guess it could just be an honest mistake, you know, you're... You've all, you've all gathered together, you end up with all your cups all spread out, and you just pick your groggy, and you're, you're hungover, and it's really early in the morning. And you're still exhausted from your battleground round one yesterday. You just go, okay, I had a mug, I had a cup, I had a cup, a cup, uh, you just take one. And then someone else takes another one, which is yours, and you just end up mixing them up. Could just be an honest mistake. Although, it was an honest mistake. Oh, 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 one's missing. Oh, it's this one. Huh. Uh, you got mine? Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll just, all right. Let's just swap back. Swap back. There. Yeah, that's, all. That's, that little, that, that's that little thing sorted out. Yeah, could be that. Or he could be a bit of a kleptomaniac. You know, like many heroes end up being. As Garbage's gaze falls on you, the aging adventurer belches, wipes his mouth with the back of his sleeve, and makes a pointed inquiry. That was a yarn worth remembering, eh? Even by your standards, Sir Croakington. Back down with by back down an ogre with only a glare? I tossed it a sneer for good measure, mind. So let's have it. What do you think of that? You suddenly realise the other five people... Let's have a closer look. The five people seated around the fire of you, lending their wary ears to Scarbod's tale, are fellow adventurers seeking to taste their metal and earn fame at, Su- at Surum's legendary battlegrounds. 
The lone woman in the group, Olya, is an accomplished explorer, hailing from a small village east of Twindmore, has recently completed a match mapping of the treacherous coastline of Iron Crown Island, for which Zurin handsomely rewarded her. One of the men, positioned across from you, whose name you don't know, fidgets uneasily, and appears to be paying very little attention to Scarbridge's boastful account. Seated around the fire, four men and a woman, all fellow adventurers, appear to be eagerly awaiting your response. So praise the tale, pick a part, or decline your offer your opinion. Yeah, decline. Scarbridge frowns and laughs when you slug, shrug, and decline to offer your opinion on his boastful account of an incident you're not certain ever took place. I suppose you're lost for words? It's like he is not, he says. Well, tales of my adventures can indeed have that effect on folk. You lot are aware of he these days. It's nice to know there are those left among us who still bear an appreciation for real adventure. At length, the group gathered around the fire breaks up, each heading off in a different direction across the darkening camp. I've kept you up all past any time that would be deemed sensible, Scarbrick calls after you. Pleasant sleep and many happy awakenings. With the dawn come fresh hope and new challenges. You turn and bid Scarbrick for woe. Only to discover his steely gaze is already focused on you. What's, what about this gaze? The intensity of Scarbridge's gaze, combined with the strange, leering look spread across his weathered face, is immediately unnerving. For a fleeting instant, as the surrounding gloom deepens, the very notion that the grizzled adventure is even human seems suspect. But only for a moment. Um, really, I'm not one. I'm not one to talk about that sort of stuff. As if he's taken a keen interest in your departure. In the southwest corner of the camp, amidst a disparate assemblage of weather-stained tents and makeshift bedding, you take a sheltered nook between two exposed pieces of ledge, and horror that has afforded you a safe place for the night's west, settling down onto a bed of fur and bundled ferns. Your eyes drift over the bundled firms, and you suddenly spot a mouse slinking out from underneath the heap of makeshift bedding. The small creature immediately darts off into dunks. What if I look again? You're immediately mindful of the countless, more agreeable sort of beddings you've known. You stretch out and stare up at the sky, watching with heavy eyelids as the moon's somber gaze peers down through the thin, jagged gaps in the roiling sea of damp, deep grey clouds. The familiar clamour of weary adventures returning to the camp, and the dim echoes of merriment mingled with the soft crackle of cooking fires lulls you into a deep, much-needed sleep. Suddenly, pain explodes through your, through your back. Shocking you from sleep. Fifteen damage. Gasping in agony, you instinctively stagger to your feet. Blood oozes from a nasty gash just above your left hip. But there's no time to dwell on the wound. Drawing yourself into a combat. 
into a defensive stance. You rapidly retreat out of your small hollow, your eyes scouring the gloom for any sign of your assailant. Save for the distant glow of a lone fire, the encampment is dark and still. Picking a number. Bonus to 59. 17 from, from Woodmanship. 20 from Aura. 6 from Luck. 16 from Feathery. Gotta get 100 for success. Pick now. 99. Failure. Oh, but only dust. A shearing pain tears through your left side as your assailant blade tucks deep into your flesh. 15. Stone no points. With blood spilling from your wounds, you stagger to the white, narrowly dodging the vicious swipe of a long blade as a shadowy feature streaks past in the darkness. Having gathered your wits, you draw yourself into combat-ready silence and peer to face your unknown assailant. The gloom-shrouded figure, clad in flowing robes, crouches low to the ground and suddenly leaping to its feet and stepping towards you. Its blade poised to strike. Suddenly, your pulse quickens as three more woed figures slip out of the darkness and steal up the side of your original assailant. The four silhouettes, their distinct shapes, this one more than a dark stain on the surrounding gloom, advance in unison, their long blades shimmering faintly in the flickering glow of the low, distant fire. Suddenly, one of the figures steps ahead of the others and thrusts his right arm out towards you. Your head swings as your surroundings twist into a dizzying blur. Picking a number. Bonus of 60. 20 from mind, 20 from body, 20 from spirit. Gotta get 100 or more. Pick now. 107. Success. Summoning every last reserve of your will. You valiantly stave off the deliberating attack on your psyche. As you endeavour to clear your mind, the four figures sweep forward and attack, their brandished their brandish blades weaving a deadly pattern through the darkness. You shrewdly retreat several yards, exploiting the terrain to throttle your foe's attack, allowing you to face each of the four in turn. This is a robed assailant. It slashes at you. And this time, it's free plus, so it would be easy to take on. Oh, and it got a, got a special in, but doesn't matter. 7 XP. The first of your robed attackers slumps to the ground with a hideous, inhuman grasp, rolling onto its back to reveal a broad face completely hidden behind a black, chitinous plate. As you leap back from the gruesome corpse, a sharp, crackling sound rises up from the body, and the remains of the woed figure swiftly dissolve into a puddle of black ooze. Momentarily distracted, you narrowly dodge the swipe of your assailant's blade before, before lunging forward to counter the vicious attack. So woed assailant, begin combat! The woed figure slashes at you and is slain. 7 XP. As before, the lifeless remains of your fallen foe dissolve into a thick pool of black ooze that bubbles and weaves at your feet. Mm. I don't think these folk are from around here. Anywhere close to here. Almost before you can up reset your stance, a third, the third of your robed, 
chitting mask foes is upon you, its blade shrink singing as it cuts a deadly arc through the gloom. It's another robed assailant. And it's gonna be robed assailed upon robed figure slashes you. A vicious slash carves into your flesh for twenty and then seventeen damage. And then twenty nine damage Well, that's a lot of vicious slashes. Ooh, and then again for 26, but it is slain. All right, take the time, take the chance to heal. Well, I got it. 7 XP. You leap over the corpse of your third world assailant, just as it begins to dissolve into a bubbling puddle of ooze. Defiantly, you draw yourself into a defensive stance and lock your steely gaze onto the fore figure. Your heart pounding wildly as the deadly mass combatant closes in. The approaching figure suddenly freezes in mid-step and thrusts his white arm out towards you. Your thoughts become an incoherent jumble as the world around you spins into a dizzying blur. Alright, picking a number. Bonus of 60. 20 from mind. 20 from body. 20 from spirit. Gotta get 100 or more. Pick now! 65. Failure. You stifle an agonised cry and stumble forward as a stabbing pain surges through your mind. 77 damage. Quick, heal it. <laughs> yeah, you sh you sh if you're going to do a special attack, you got to attack me immediately or I will just heal it. As the last vestiges of pain melt all... You're doing a really long series of things, and that will drain my Neville Reserve. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. As the last vestiges of pain melt away and you stagger back, the world figure stalks forward, swiftly closing the distance, its blade poised to deal you a death blow. From behind the chitting crate that covers its, that covers its broad face, you can hear what sounds like a soft hiss. Suddenly, the world figure suddenly pitches forward and lands face first at your feet. You're about to deal the fallen menace a divisive blow when its body rapidly dissolves into a pool of black ooze. As the puddle begins to bubble and weave, a lone figure steps out of the darkness, brandishing a heavy axe. I don't know where that let came from, but I'll just as soon see no more of them. Scarbred, the curious look on his face slowly giving way to a broad, broad smirk, strides up to you and shakes his head. I might have guessed you'd be tangled up in whatever this was, he says, grimacing as he glances at the pool of ooze. Nasty bit of sorcery, or something akin to it. Let's look at this pool of ooze. 
You glance down the dark pool of pool of dark ooze at your feet. Reflected on its black, rippling surface is the crisp image of a landscape of roiling dunes and jagged tors, parched beneath the oppressive gaze of twin suns. Two, two suns, two suns. Where, what has, where has two suns? Ah! Sophomore. As quickly as it came into focus, the vision disappears, its shattered venement scattering to the edges of the pool. Nasty bit of sorcery, or something akin to it. Good, good bit of axe work, all the same. Axe. Yeah, it, yeah, same thing as last time. It might be magic. It might not. You thank Scarbid for his timely action, and turn to peer into the surrounding darkness. Your every sense alert for any sign of lurking danger. At last, satisfied there was no immediate peril, you turn back to Scarbrid and briefly recount to him the details of the brutal encounter. As you conclude your narrative, you notice that the four pools of ooze, the remnants of your robed, faceless assailants, have vanished without a trace. Someone's out to get you, Scarbrid said, shrugging. I like to think it was anyone among the lot staying here, in this camp. Lot, lot of folk here to be sure. Most are strangers to me. Dawn's far, far, not far off now. I dare, say, I dare say you won't and shouldn't be having any more sleep tonight. Through the last couple of hours of waning darkness, you sit with Scar, Scarbrid next to one of the well-tended cooking fires, listening to his tales of yesteryear's valour and enjoying the bold, steaming payload drawn for an iron pot perched over the coals. Despite your best efforts and the pale, reassuring light of dawn, you're unable to shake from your mind the ghastly images of your stealthy assailants, their flowing dark robes and the broad plates of black chitin that have concealed their faces. If faces they had. Scarbrid seems to sense your unease, and begins to recall stories of a more jovial nature, seemingly bent on countering your grim mood. Did I ever mention the one about the wolf and the tower? he asks. I didn't think so. Settle yourself in for a wild tale. As Scarbrid launches into a long-winded, humorous account of an adventure you're willing to wager never took place, your eyes begin to wander across the breadth of the dawn-draped encampment, and your pulse promptly quickens. Far off towards the eastern edge of the camp, next to one of the many te- tents scattered throughout the, the vast open swath, looks a tall, thin man in a blue tunic. The stranger's gaze is unmistakingly fixed upon you. Before you can contemplate the significance of the sighting, the man turns and strides off in the direction of the battlegrounds, swiftly passing out of sight. Steady your nerves, you allow yourself to relax and refocus on Scarbrid's tail, which has now wandered well away from its original premise. As the friendly braggart paddles on, you sip your paleo and warily observe the waking 
encampment, presently mindful of details previously ignored, faces never before seen. 256 experience to general, and that is the end of that adventure. So have a proper rest this time, because the last time we tried it didn't work out. And save. And then we can move on to the next adventure, which is Dis Disciples of the Claw. Across the vast emptiness of twisted time and fathomless space, they've come seeking you, bent on carrying out the cruel bidding of their omnipotent sovereign. And we begin. Dusk, at the edge of the encampment, scant yards from the massive boulder. You nimbly sidestep the lunge of your road foe and deal the chishin masked figure a death blow, sending him sprawling. Now, if you've forgotten, the massive boulder is where the gate to Zaphomor is going to be, and there was a poem on it. His cohort, identical save for his brandished weapon, a nasty double-bladed axe, rushes forward and attacks, driving you back as you struggle to fend off his ferocious assault. The two masked fiends, who moments ago bounded through the gates, carved into the boulder, which means we'll be able to go through too at some point, seem to be lying in ambush for you, waiting for your inevitable return to the camp to launch their murderous attack. So far, your skill and metal have denied them their grim prize. Suddenly, while moving backwards to draw yourself into a more favourable position, you lose your footing and topple to your side, jarring your shoulder against the stony ground. Eight damage. <laughs> so much, and it didn't even fall very far. Must have been pointy. Pointy ground. As you stumble, scramble to stand, your robed foe, lunges forward and swipes out with his axe, his blade cutting a deadly arc right down the middle of me, right down the middle of me. Picking a number, bonus of 33, 17 from agility, 10 from body, 6 from luck. Gotta get 75 or more, I get chopped in half, pick now! 62, failure. Yat, the axe bites deep into your flesh. Leaving a great big groove. Eight, da eight stamina points. Dazed and bleeding, bleeding, you rise on your wobbly legs and turn to face your master attacker as he steps in to deal you a final decisive blow. So robed assailant, and it is going down. Swipes at you with his axe. Viciously teared into a flesh for 28 damage and is slain. 7 XP. As the robed figure slumps to the ground at your feet, his cohorts stealing up on your left, his sword poised to one you through. Spinning to face your stealthy foe, you draw yourself into a defensive stance and boldly engage the chitin masked fiend. It's another robed assailant. Swipes at you with his axe. A vicious slash carves into your flesh for 19 damage. And then a vicious attack siphons away your life force for 22 damage. And is slain. 
7 XP and a chance to heal. The body of your last attacker topples to the ground and you step back, watching in horror as the remains of both your foes dissolve into bubbling pools of black ooze. Within seconds, only a pair of dark patches on the stony ground remain to mark their passing. Refusing to believe that no one in the encampment took notice of what just happened, you cast your, gray, your gaze in the direction, dumbfounded to discover the brutal skirmish drew no attention. Well, this is Time Crab, and if Time Crab doesn't want people to see, then nobody sees. Because Time Crab, the self-crunch of careful footform behind sent your pulse racing. Stay your hand, please. The soft, feminine voice slips into your white ear from over your shoulder and immediately sets you at ease. The voice is one you've heard before, but you're not quite able to recall where or when. Don't turn around. We can't see each other. Not yet. Perhaps not ever. A long moment of silence follows, during which you suddenly place the voice as that of your mysterious Wesker. The unknown woman who aided you escape from the bandits that captured you after ambushing the coach aboard which you were travelling. And that was the very first adventure. You flirt with folly if the realm beyond those engraved gates remains your inevitable destination, whispers the voice. Our paths may cross, and we may one day look knowingly upon one another, one another in a time and place altogether different. But Sarathmore is a world of torment and death, and it will prove your undoing. You shouldn't go there, and yet you must. Now let's read out about Sarathmore, because I don't think we've ever managed to read about it with Sir Crokington. Zarathmore. The womb of Zarathmore resides deep in the Neverness, on a perpetually spinning arm of quasi-reality known as the Shadowfold. It is here, Miss Zarathmore's vast, sun-poisoned expanse, that the mighty Zathuruk Timebender maintains his interminable and tyrannical wane. Sathawook, who most often appears in the form of a massive wedge-shelled crab. Uh, because he has taste and style. Is believed to be a greater demon of immense power. And said to possess the ability to bend and control time. Despite his seemingly seeming omnipotence both within his world and beyond. Zathawook has faced challenges to his cruel authority over the last several centuries, most notably from a band of renegade insectoids known as the Clawed Reach. Woundskin once attempted to conquer Zarathor, but quickly found himself outmatched at every turn by Zathawook. Those time-bending powers nearly trapped the immortal ogre in an inescapable neverall dimension. B- 
But then he was too annoying, so he let him go, I assume. Because obviously, no one can stop Zathawook Timebender. Unless Zathawook Timebender desires it. Resisting the urge to turn and face her, you ask her about Zathamore, and why she, she believes you must go there. Her whispered dis- response, delivered almost immediately, drifts into your left ear. You're already there, she says, her answer causing your heart to skip a beat. You've been in Zathmore for a long time, well, long while, outside of time itself. For time has no meaning there. Not the same meaning it enjoys here. You're going to again enter that realm to rescue yourself. To reunite a forked path. To fulfill a destiny that will not suffer its denial. To set right an aberration that should never have been. That now endangers all. The The voice falls silent and for a moment... Before again whispering into your left ear. Please don't believe that destiny will forbid failure, whispers the voice. The disciples of the claw are already moving against you. When you ask her to explain what she's just related, she sighs and apologises for having said too much. It's all a bit wibbly-wobbly timey-wimey. You have to know that I tried to stop you from entering that well, whispered the voice into your right ear. But that was years from now, in a time no longer certain to arrive. I returned to warn you, to help you as much as I could, without irreparably altering what is to come, and found you lashed to that tree. You don't know me yet, and yet... If all that comes to pass, as it should, and things thrown are set right, you will never have known me. You inquire again about Zarthmore, in Grave Boulder, and you have been told about having to rescue yourself from a place to which you've never been. It's incredulous, and seems utterly absurd by any measure whispers a voice in your left ear. Yet, this is the point to which all chosen paths and deliberate turns have led us. Listen. Someone approaches. The soft platter of repeating footfalls tells you that your unknown ally, those revelations have left you with more questions than answers, is hastily departing. Uh, Probably for the best, because you don't want to accidentally see her. And ruin whatever great revelation is being going to happen. Moments after the gentle sounds of her flight have fallen silent, a familiar figure steps out from behind the massive engraved boulder and immediately strides in your direction. Not out looking for trouble at this hour, I hope. Roars Scarbid, smiling as he draws up to you and initiates your shoulder cross. Oh no, I don't have to look. Trouble just finds me. I'd be a fool to believe that were so, even if you told me as much. 
the friendly braggart, famous throughout the encampment for his wild, uncollaborated, self-aggrandizing tales of heroism, suddenly lowers his gaze to a darkened swath of ground nearby, upon which one of your chitin-masked foes dissolved only a few minutes ago. Scarabard, who was witness to, and participant in, your last encounter with the deadly, strange and deadly robed assassins, fixes you a curious look, but says nothing. Seizing the opportunity presented by silence, you feel, which you feel may have been deliberate on his part, you quickly tell him that you could do with a bit of paleo, and mo- motion to your head to the direction of a nearby camp. Paleo, he says, raising an eyebrow. Now, why my fuck now? Why my fine lass? I can think of no better thing anywhere in this wide world. Or any other worlds, perhaps. <laughs> Let's see what we can do about nabbing or some of this, that very thing. As you make your way into the encampment in the company of Scarbid, your eyes vainly scour the deepening gloom for any sign of the woman whose whispered words remain foremost among your thoughts. At one of the camp's larger fires, Scarberg sets about tending to a pot of stewing paleo while simultaneously regaling a nearby handful of resting adventures with a far-fetched account of his travels in Philidon. That lot wouldn't have a good tale if it walked up and stung them all on the backside, he mutters, frowning as he hands you a wooden vessel filled to its whim with steaming paleo. Not to worry, though. Only just started on them. This taking a seat next to the fire, you content yourself with half listening to Scarbridge's amusing yarn while struggling to stave off sleep. Time and again, your thoughts return to unknown allies, chilling words regarding Zarthmore, and her claim you're destined to trespass there. Perhaps in fighting your own demise. Doing your best to push the lurking spectre of that distant, otherworldly realm from your mind, you turn your full attention to Scarbrid as he leaps to his feet, raves his hands about wildly, and recites the predictable and overwrought conclusion to his embellished tale. One by one, those around the fire depart, Headed off to sleek sum- seek somber somewhere in the camp. Even Scarbig settles down and sinks into a quiet, somewhat contemplative mood. Night falls over Iron Crown Isle. And that is the end of that adventure with 256 experience to general. And well, that, that's, that's it for now. And so uh, next time, next time, oh, what will we be doing next time? Well, I think we'll, I think there'll be a bit of a gap between this and the next one. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. 
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.